This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I am Inquisitor Caveat Ventus, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is my report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee, Ryan LaPlante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Laura Elizabeth as Marnie Schwarzenberger, and Tyler Hewitt as Atticus face. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band have lost another member. Atticus tried to save both of his companions. Marnie shot herself in the chest, and Valentine ordered Atticus to abandon Marnie to give them better odds of surviving. What will happen now Vicarin's status is unknown and they're trapped in his factory? Find out in this episode of the Valentine Heresy. Uh, w- once again, uh, Mr. Vicodin, we must warn you that if you do go with the cheaper building materials, odds are that if the cable snapped, it could whip things wildly in any direction. Oh, you want the greatest of savings? Well, that's fine. After all, everyone will be riding inside the elevator, right? A one-sided vox call from the construction of the Vicodin plant. As Marnie Schwarzenberger disappears uh, into the void, Atticus Viss and uh, Inquisitor Valentine, you ascend. Uh, unfortunately for you, you're in an uncontrolled ascent, uh, holding on to some cables, whipping around all over the place like fleshy, fleshy ping pong balls. Um, what I need from uh, both of you, I think, uh, Ryan, at this point, I think, uh, what can you refresh my memory again on what exactly your conditioning allows you to prevent? I remove one black die inflicted by critical injuries, the disoriented condition or fear from any check. Okay, great. Um, so from you, sir, I need a survival and cunning. Um, this is just you trying desperately to stay conscious as you drift in and out. Uh, this is going to be difficulty three. Okay. Uh, there would be a black die, but it is removed. 
um, from the, uh, actually I would say there should be two. I'll let you remove both though, because you are both disoriented for being like, you know, swinging around as this, this cable whips you up. Um, but also, uh, you know, bleeding and gassed. Um, we are sitting, I believe at three and one, uh, I uh, use a story point. Yeah. 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 Be awake. Great. Uh, so it'll take us to two and two. Um, great. And, uh, Atticus from you, sir, I need, uh, brawn and athletics as you hold on for dear life. Um, I'm going to say this is a difficulty of three, not because your metal arm can't hang on to the cable, but because I'm also taking into account your fleshy arm holding Valentine. Um, I'm going to give you one point of boost uh, because you are not also carrying Marnie and you kind of been planning to. So this is somewhat easier than the, the scheme you'd been concocting. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, we are sitting at two and two story point wise. Okay. I'm ready to roll. Let's see what happens. Who do you want to hear from first, Tom? <laughs> uh, let's hear from Valentine so we know what happens after Atticus's roll. Great. Three successes and two threat. Okay. And Atticus. A lot of blank dice. So <laughs> one advantage, one triumph. And that's it. <laughs> Ooh, that triumph's Ooh, a necessary triumphs, one, though. Man. Um, as uh, as you're you're battered around, you just wrap the cables in your fist uh, the way I do with Ripley's leash when she's like, "I'm gonna go smell that in the middle of the road," and I'm like, "No, <laughs> for the emperor." Um, so you you just coil it around your hand. Um, uh, you are going to take. Um, uh, three points of damage, um, which your soak value may reduce, uh, just from buffeting off the walls and uh, from from Valentine's threats. Okay. Um, but uh, Valentine, you rolled a success, right? I rolled three successes. Three successes. All right. So you you are conscious. Uh, the uh, the inquisitorial. Actually, I would argue this is probably more your commissar training than your uh, inquisitorial training, but like. You know, given the amount of uh, insurrections commissars have to put down in the middle of a fight, odds of you getting stabbed, shot, or dismembered are awfully high. That's why so many of them have cool claws. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most of that happened during training. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, in the grim darkness of training, there is only pain and learning. Um, so you uh, you both managed to hold on uh, as you begin to, to whip up. Um Atticus, as you uh, ascend, now might be a, a good time to start thinking about your plan. What uh, what do you plan to do once you get up there? Uh, well, I think we're looking at leaving right now. Um, uh, did I hear the gunshot as well? Like you heard hear... Eugene play it. You, Eugene played the. Eugene, uh, that's right. Eugene yeah. played it. Okay, so mission accomplished. As far as I understand, um, it's about uh, making sure the Inquisitor stays alive now, right? So yeah, I mostly mean like at this rate, you guys are going to hit the roof. Uh, Do we have the, a plan before we hit the roof? The, I think the cables the are being like whipped up uh, into the the ceiling, so you guys are rapidly ascending. But there, there's currently no like stop vector. Um, yeah, I think he's basically going to. Um, is this um, is this an elevator shaft with multiple elevators? Like, 
along each other or anything uh, like that? No, because it's to no. the uh, it's a, the private elevator to the um, uh, like sort of VIP office. There's only the okay. one. Okay. Um, and Vicodin's the, door is the only one you saw on your way up. Okay. Well, we know that there's some kind of um, like takeoff and landing pad uh, mm-hmm. near near there. So it might be best to go there again um, or somewhere near the top to make our escape. Um, you so, also aren't 100% certain that Vicodin is dead. You know he got shot. Yeah. But it would be a real bummer if he like went and got patched up somewhere with like... Uh, Oh, I'm fine. <laughs> um, it so looking around this shaft, is it well lit enough that I can even see my surroundings? It's, or am it's I just dimly lit. Flying no, through there's the dark? there are um, there are service lights. Like on your way up, you get that classic like whoom whoom light thing yeah, where it's okay. just like service lights all the way up. Um, the uh, Vicodin's office is at the very top. Uh, yeah. Beyond those doors that you wrenched open previously, there is like a small berth for the the top of the elevator, but then a bunch of like jagged machinery and, and horrible cogs and that sort of thing. Right. Um, however, that space is well lit. So above you, you can see there's like nightmares directly above you as you fly up. Um, you've got the, the the walls around you and then there's uh, Vicodin's doors, uh, which do seem to be open um, a, uh, a little bit uh, as they are caught on uh, Valentine's severed arm. Um, <laughs> so they're like doing that like awkward, like, you know, they whizzed shut seared it but got stuck on the bones and they kind of like reopened so they're, they're currently just like opening and, and like scissoring shut um, okay. <laughs> great okay um, so I think first I'll check in with uh, Valentine and I'll, I'll say uh, uh, are you still with us sir conscious as the emperor wills it uh, do you have the strength to hold on can I use my other arm well, I mean, what do you need it for? Maybe I can do the arm part. Can you hold my riot shield, sir? It'll help absorb the blow and hopefully keep these doors open. You know, ones that were, I can't point. I, I'm, yeah. My hands are full. But oh, uh, <laughs> the, ones, <laughs> <laughs> the ones that are rapidly approaching, sir. I need an answer soon. Yes, yes, I'm sure I can. I'm sure I can. Valentine says, not entirely sure that he can, but definitely trusting this more than his ability to fall to his death. Yeah, I feel like this is a, um, like, hand it to him. He kind of, like, can't loop an arm through it like a proper riot shield. It's more like a, a clutch it, like, wedge it onto your plate. Um, okay. In, like, a, like it's, it's, it's tucked in there. Um, it will hurt, I will say. This is not a good solution from a, a non-pain perspective, but it is a not die solution. So yeah. And Valentine's refractor field will still be active, but I don't think it'll protect them both. I don't really know the rules on this, but I'm imagining it's a it will not. one man okay. gig. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All then. Right. The plan is this, uh, this. Oh, yeah. Atticus <laughs> with the inquisitor under his arm, right? He's got him fully tucked in there mm-hmm. and his, uh, uh, mechanical arm holding on to these cables rapidly ascending. He's going to swing out. He's going to kick off the wall so that he has enough uh, uh, lateral trajectory to go through the doors, uh, just using our momentum being carried up and then basically re, uh, redirecting it uh, uh, to a more lateral trajectory to go through the doors. They are snapping open and shut. The riot shield is there as an insurance policy. All right. I like this a lot. 
Uh, this is this is a lot to try and pull off. Yes, so it is. I, I am. Uh, I'm going to say you spend a story point in order to be able to attempt this, More dropping us fair. to one and three. To uh, me, this is just like playing out as like speed in the grim dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, admittedly, I love though, it. like speed. If Sandra Bullock died right before Keanu had to go like running through the sewers because like I know some people were shipping Vis and Marnie and I know, you know RIP it's true no, this relationships is, this is this is uh Keanu Reeves and uh, Jeff Daniels That's all yeah there you go there you go exactly uh you know but it, it's true what, what they said in the first film then repeated awkwardly in the second film relationships can't form under under high stress environments right um all right so with that um uh, we're sitting at one and three in my favor. Um, I'm going to call this an athletics and brawn. I think okay. Tyler, I think that makes the most sense for me. Okay. And then Ryan, I think from you probably like a, like survival normally goes with cunning. I I'm almost inclined to say like willpower. <laughs> Cause I think this is just like, the emperor needs this to work, so god damn it, I'll hold it with my teeth. Um or you know what? No, let's call it discipline and willpower. That makes the most sense. Uh your body is failing, but your mind is not. Or right. your will is not. Your will is angry and full of uh the the, the golden light of the emperor. Um, okay, as the jagged ceiling full of spiky steampunk nightmares uh rapidly approaches, Atticus, you you pick your time and you kick off. Um, given that you're not actually trying to beat the timing on this, uh, I'm gonna say for you, Tyler, this is just a difficulty three. Okay. Um, because I think I, I would venture that Atticus's plan is something to the effect of I'm gonna try and time it so we can get through. Mm-hmm. I have contingencies if we get wedged. If we don't, I'm going to try and like shoulder through it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, going to try and tank the. Yeah. Tank yeah. The so it's not really a question of like, this, this is literally just like, can I make the leap? But because you're not trying to time it, like yeah. you're not trying to do it in a non squishy, like, you know, video game cutscene way. I think we'll just say three. Okay. Um, I am, however, going to impose uh, a setback for um, having to hold on to Valentine. Mm hmm. Uh, and for trying to put him, his safety above your own, it just makes it harder. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give you a boost for the robot arm, though, because A, it's dope. B, um, I feel like it confers a tremendous amount of advantage on like all the things you would be trying to do here. Right. So points for that. Uh, do you have anything else you'd like to make a case for adding or subtracting? Um, I don't think so. I'm just having a quick look here, but I really don't yep. think so. Uh, I think if Valentine saw what he was doing, Valentine could definitely yell a now. He's got his like robot eyes to be able to see in this circumstance if he was okay. trying to help right. time hit the yep. door. Yep. All right. So, Ryan, um, I'll let you do that. We'll give a boost to Atticus, but I'm going to give you a setback because it means you're focusing on something other than holding on to the shield. Yep. Uh, and our story point setup is what right now? Is one in three in my favor. So not the best. I'm going to wait. I'm still going to wait. No. Uh, <laughs> What's well, my difficulty for Valentine time? 
for Valentine, uh, I'm going to say this is a, uh, a difficulty of four. Uh, you're in rough shape. You've wedged the shield into your chest. Um, now, keep in mind, like, these things don't have, like, razor blades on them. They just, with the force at which they snapped shut on your arm was was too much for your arm. Mm-hmm. Um, you're certainly risking body with this, but it's not like, you know, you just get hacked in half. You might, but the odds aren't aren't yeah. great. So that plus the setback for, you've got the two setback you ignore for bleeding and poison. However, you do have the setback for timing for Atticus. I'm also going to give you an additional setback just because you're trying to hold onto a shield with one arm while trying not to pass out. Just general, yeah, all purpose. It's an awkward thing. Um, I will, however, give you one boost for, uh, as uh, Haley Stanfield would put it in uh, the film, True Grit. Um, I feel like. You've come too far. Like at the very least, you need to ensure that Viking is instead. If nothing else, this might be enough to topple the conspiracy. You just need visual confirmation. And yeah. so I think it's one of those just like if I get cleaved in half coming through, I don't care. I'll crawl over there and take his fucking pulse. Uh cool. So that is that is the spread. Now here's the catch. Uh, we're not gonna do these as a waterfall where like one person goes, then the other person goes. You have one story point between you. I'm being extraordinarily kind by not spending any of mine. So I'm just leaving this in your hands. Which one of you takes the story point? Or neither. I mean, I guess you could also just leave it on the table. The dice have been so kind to you this session. Yeah. I think if we're gonna I think it depends more on me to pull this off than you. Yeah, I would agree yeah. with that. Valentine is trying to hold the shield. You're trying to make sure we don't smash into the top of the fucking elevator. If yeah. I had to pick. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll take the story point right. just to shore up the odds. And as they I mean, as they soar towards it, Valentine has been, I mean, he was sad at the loss of Marnie. It hurt his heart, but he recovers very quickly because that's his fucking job. So he's just singing a new <laughs> hymn that's just like, wah, who, good God, Emperor, what is it good for? Every single human, say it again. All right, Space Marine. That's right, it's me, one of the biggest, toughest orcs in the biggest, toughest war in the galaxy. If you think that you and all your other beaky boys are going to come in here and fight us all for the Imperium or whatever, then you're going to need a hell of a lot of help. And you're going to need it from patreon.com slash dice. I hear for just one of your Imperium dollars, you can join a Patreon-only Discord and talk all about your Imperium nonsense with other fans. Or you can add names to the shows. You can even add characters. We don't need any characters here in the wall. We got plenty. But if you want to add one, you can for only $25. Of course, to do that, you're going to need to rev up that chainsword, aren't you, Marine? Oh, wait. No, don't, don't do it. No, no, don't do it. Oh, wow, it's charged up by the power of Patreon.com slash dice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Curse you, Spice Marine! <laughs> I like it. I, I mean, one day we got to release the Valentine album. It's like Valentine sings the hits on two compact discs. The Valentine Heresy, Valentine Harris sing along.
There we go. It's very yeah. bad. It's very, very bad. The hair is Sing along blog. <laughs> yeah. And now, if it please the Emperor, Wonderwall. <laughs> it's unchanged. <laughs> In the grim future, there is still Wonderwall. We all know that was written by Erebus. <laughs> Yeah, but he's got a big fight with his brothers. They don't hang out no more. All right, uh, go ahead and roll roll them both. Corfeiron, anyways. All right, so the spread is thus. Three successes, one advantage, one triumph. And I have three advantages and two failures. Um, We get through, but no shield. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Wouldn't that be a nice way of this happening? Um... So uh, you leap, Atticus, uh, and tremendously well. Um, the, the timing is correct. Uh, Valentine pauses his hymn uh, to, uh, to, to shout out to you, um, and uh, you leap. Uh, and it's, it's like full-on, um, like anyone like leaping in like a, a giant mech suit or anything, where it's just that like giant metal arm out. Um, you claw the ground on the other side, uh, pull yourself through, Unfortunately, uh, Valentine does get caught uh, on the uh, the shield, and him get kind of caught on the lip, um, and the doors uh, slam into him. Uh, they they manage to uh, to slam into him twice uh, before you pull him through. Uh, Ryan, I need uh, remind me of your spread again, sir. Uh, what do you mean by spread? Do your like dice, your, your dice result. spread. Oh, three advantage, two failure. Okay. Um, so you like leap through, you pull them through, uh, and the shield catches. Um, it spins him in your arm. Uh, the doors slam him, uh, I will say once uh, rather than twice. Um, and uh, Ryan, uh, you're going to take um, five points of damage. Um, however, uh, you can take your, you can uh, subtract your soak. Okay. Um, and Tyler, what is the soak on the shield? This would be considered melee damage, right? Yeah. So it's one defense for melee. It's okay. it's meant to like protect against ranged attack. Melee sure. All right. I think around, for so. our purposes, we'll say this adds one additional soak uh, for okay. this, just because I imagine like as as it comes together, like the first one like just hits you um, and and uh, bangs up. So how much of that damage do you actually take, Ryan? That'll mean I take one of that damage. Okay. Um, narratively speaking, um, I think it uh, it crushes your leg uh, as it as it does this. Uh, you feel uh, the bone splinter, uh, but you are uh, otherwise uh, your your squishy bits are safe. So as as is the way of of things in forty k limbs, kind of a lost cause from the start. As always, things are worse and better. Exactly. 40K. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, you managed to pull through um, with a, a dented but still functional shield. Great. What uh, do we see, Tom? Yeah, I like <laughs> I I pull him free from the door and I immediately like 180 and I'm looking around the room. What is the situation? Uh, so you're in uh, Glasgow Vicodin's office. Um, it is uh, a, um, a, a sort of um, a remarkably uh, well-appointed office uh, compared to a lot of the stuff you've seen. There, there's no, uh, for, for a man who, who clearly likes uh, the finer things, um, it's actually got a, a, an unnervingly sleek design aesthetic. Uh, this thing looks like uh, it kind of fell out of the Apple store. Um, that said, there are um, 
the only kind of uh, detail that that throws this this sleek look off are the amount of like mounted animal heads and pelts that are just kind of all over the place. So much like uh, our boy Gaston over in uh, Beauty and the Beast uses antlers in all of his decorating. Um, but there are a number of uh, exotic uh, Xenos from kind of across uh, the galaxy mounted. Um, he has um, a, sort of a large array of, of screens uh, connected to um, like an old um, uh, typewriter keyboard um, that, uh, that show various parts of the facility. Uh, you can see sort of like a Vox speaker next to it. Through the screens, you can, of course, see the, um, the carnage that was wrought from the, uh, the purge order. Uh, on the uh, the factory floors, uh, the tour guide continues to give tours on the tourist floor. They are completely unaware that uh, all of this is going down. Um, at the far end, of the, there are windows uh, lining the room, uh, which look out um, kind of uh, over both the the factory and further out. Uh, you can see the the battle lines, uh, Atticus, where where you first landed. Uh, you can see the endless war beyond the dome. Uh, sort of continuing in perpetuity. Um, this seems to be beyond any of the the cloaking effects that uh, the rest of the uh, the dome is subject to. Um, but uh, most notably, uh, of course, is uh, Vicodin himself, uh, who um, has uh, has been shot uh, um, twice in the chest, uh, or sorry, in the back rather. But the the bolts came out the the front. Uh, he has gaping holes uh, in his uh, in his chest. Um, and he is um, wheezing blood um, from a uh, his slumped position um, next to uh, kind of his his big command desk. Um, you can see that he's uh, with a blood slicked hand, uh, desperately trying to um, uncork um, a, a bottle of Vicodin, um, and has a is just kind of like doing that that kind of like dying man thing where his hand just slips around it. Uh, these are these are kill shots. Like there's no like yeah. you know these are like small bolt rounds. So he's he's fucked up, but still still breathing. So I'll I'll set Valentine down on the floor near the entrance in the elevator, and I will walk over to Glasgow Vicodin. I'll drag him back over, and I will just say uh, one Glasgow Vicodin for. Fuck, sorry, I just lost the. I'm trying to use like 40k like vocab, and mm. sometimes it just like just goes. I understand, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he doesn't have to know it. He's yeah, not yeah. an inquisitor guy. One, one Glasgow Vicodin for Inquisition, sir. And he'll just like drop him down in front of you. Um, and he'll say, uh, uh, securing perimeter. And he's uh, like, I'm going to leave. I'm going to, I'm going to go and leave him to, uh, sure. to the boss. So, um, Atticus, uh, the, the clearest thing you would want to check out is there is a, um, uh, a, a massive metal door um, that has been, it's got a, uh, a very fine carved, um, like the entire room is in um, uh, greens and browns. It's got a real like um, sort of like hunter vibe mm-hmm. to it, despite the sleek lines of everything. Um, there's a massive metal door uh, at the far end of the room that has a uh, meticulously carved wooden door with uh, the uh, sort of Vicodin heraldry on it um, that has been like basically drilled into this metal door. Uh, to make it seem a little more woodsy, um, but uh, it is uh, it is a jar, um, and you can uh, feel a, a harsh wind whipping in uh, from from outside it. As you kind of peek through it, uh, you can see that it leads to uh, a rampway um, that uh, sort of ascends to um, a landing platform. 
that's kind of uh, up on top of the building. This is clearly where uh, VIPs from Offworld um, arrive. Uh, at the far end of the platform, um, you can see um, a uh, Viper class uh, scout sloop, uh, which is a small, um, uh, sort of a, by Imperial Navy standards, a fairly small ship, um, but uh, the smallest capable of uh, warp travel. Okay. Um, and uh, as, uh, as you kind of look, um, you can see um, a man. Um, Kind of like pointing in the whipping wind uh, in the against the gray sky in um, a uh, uh, sort of a heavy uh, suit of imperial armor uh, with a whipping red cape, uh, and even at this distance, you recognize uh, the inquisitorial rosette uh, on the uh, emblazoned on the back of it as he kind of yells to um, a couple of servitors who are seemingly uh, making preparations for takeoff. Okay, um, he's an inquisitor too, and. Although, although we know that he's he's in cahoots, or so we thought, he appears to have shot Vicodin in the back. But we know that he's been corrupted. Um, if he hasn't noticed me, I'm going to go back um, and get uh, get Valentine. Sure. You notice that he he doesn't seem to be in a rush. Like he is he yeah, is doing a lot I'm, of like yeah. gesturing for like hurry up. Um, I don't want to. Sp- you know, scare him off. No, no. Um, I think a, a quick uh, sort of a, a, like a, even just standing it there for a second, you can feel the moisture in the air and you feel like it, this is a bad climate for a, a vehicle of this sort. So there's clearly mm-hmm. some like, it wouldn't be de-icing. It's probably like the, the humidity is really fucked it up. So there, there's servitors kind of doing their work, but yeah, you've got, you've got a moment or two. Meanwhile, back in the office, um, Valentine, mm, pain is truly the emperor's kiss. Uh, but and you have been you have been much kissed by the emperor today. Uh, but uh, your your quarry is is bleeding up beside you. It's it's one of those like uh, action movie moments where like the hero and the villain have both got their asses kicked and are like laying there bleeding out. Um, it's very like uh, uh, Batman and Joker having just kicked each other's ass and like various stories. Um, how do you deal with Glasgow Vikings? Uh, I think he's sitting next to him. So he'd just say, Glasgow Vicodin, I'd love to say that you led me on a merry chase, but really you just sat here and it was annoying to arrive. Uh, and then he'll just like <laughs> grab his chin and turn his face towards him and say, I hate for interrogations to be unpleasant. And you're going to have the temptation to not answer any questions because you're sure that you're going to die. And what could I possibly do to someone who's going to die? Which is why I'd like to introduce you to Eugene. Uh, and he'll just reach into his bag and throw Eugene into the air where he floats. And he's like... Many people believe that to become a servo scale or a servitor, you have to be alive. But the interesting thing is the Inquisition has moved past that. When you die, we can put your brain inside something like this, and it becomes, one could call it, endless uh, endless nihilistic terror. Eugene, could you play what's inside your actual biological mind? Uh, and Eugene just starts playing, and it's just horrified screaming from a broken voice, begging for no, stop, let me out, no, stop, no, no, stop. And he says, that's enough of that. Now, Glasgow, I have a very simple question for you. Who are the other conspirators whose names do you know? If you answer my question, I don't put you in one of these skulls. If you don't, I do. Uh, which is also worth logging, Tom. You can't make a servo skull out of a dead guy. This is a lie. Yep. So I need <laughs> a roll from that, Holmes. A practiced gambit between yep. you yeah. and Eugene. This is a goof. <laughs> this is a goof they do. That's pretty smart. Um. So this is going to be uh, deception and, well, I'd give you coercion, actually. Deception or coercion. 
Oh, it's deception, baby. Uh, and what's my difficulty, Tom? Uh, your difficulty, brother, is... Oof, this is a tough one. Um, I'm going to say four. Um, it's a real convincing lie. Uh, it's very good. However, he's also had two holes blown in his chest. So how much he can actually... So those things where it's like the dying man, you're like, listen, here's a bunch of horrible things intellectually. And he's just like, oh, oh, oh. so <laughs> yeah, this, this is it, more it's, a question of how long does he go before he dies as opposed to whether or not I convince him. Yeah. And how much does he actually <laughs> recognize the threat you're, you're pitching him? And, and also I think just from like a narrative perspective, where is he at this will, your role mm-hmm. will determine kind of what his, his mindset is with all of this. Um, I'm going to give you a shiny boost for uh, our boy Eugene um, playing the part. Uh, I am, however, going to spend a story point because I got him to spare. Um, Bring one of the purples to a red. Um, I will also give you a boost uh, for looking too fucked up to be lying. (laughs) I feel like Valentine is such a fucking horrific mess that it also seems like you're on death's door. So it'd be really weird for you to have a long con. Admittedly, you do. Uh, but I just feel like logically, this really does seem like a, a tell me the names before we die kind of situation. Yeah, you know? he, he looks at me and sees a commissar, not an inquisitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This All is right, just uh, data swapping sassy words with uh, Tom Hardy before the ship blows up, you know? Let's see what we've got. One advantage. All right. Interesting. <laughs> ho ho. Um, he uh, he coughs up uh, some blood uh, and uh, Valentine, you're you're frustrated to to realize uh, it's a laugh. Um, and uh, he just manages like <clears throat> Billenberg's a bigger fucker than you are, sir. And trust me, if that was a threat that could be made, it'd have been made. But I tell you what, you get the cap off my bottle, you give me a swig of the good, and I'll give you a name. How about we meet in the middle? I'll open the cap, and he, he like, clumsily takes the cap off and takes out the bottle. He's like, you give me the name, I'll give you the drink, and we both just die. All right. Sounds fair. You gotta find... And he kind of like coughs up some more blood and he says, um, well, I'll give you a billing bug for free because he fucking shot me in the back. But the real one you, you gotta watch for is the... It's the fucking Marine Commander. Sandor Rafferty. Aside from... The green skin, he's the scariest one I met. Ah, you know, I'll also give you the fucking Xenos. Trin Rarkai Eldari Scum would have been fucking tasty if I could manage it, though. I always wonder what those Eldar fucks taste like, you know? Now give me my drink. And let me die. Yes, yes, just a second, just a second. Uh, and then he's just going to like 
reach down and reach around to the back of his jacket and say, all right, I'll give you this drink you so desperately deserve. Uh, and then he'll just jam the pistol, like the mouth of the fucking barrel of his last pistol into his mouth and say, this one's for Marnie. Uh, and just blow out his brainstem through the back of his skull. So amazing. His eyes go wide. Uh, and he, he really thought the commissar would give him a drink. Instead, he drank of Marnie's fury. This episode of the Valentine Heresy features Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Atticus Vase, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter as Marnie Schwarzenberger, and our game master Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borovic at delborovic.com. D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, a death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lorda Bradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Christian Mendez, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Great Dane, Acrix, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Night has fallen, the moon is full, and we're inviting you to listen to Canada by Night, a podcast where professional improvisers play Vampire the Masquerade. Detective-turned-vampire Everett Fry accidentally becomes the sheriff of New Haven, an experimental town where they're testing if vampires and humans can coexist. Stuck leading a ragtag group of officers, the Bruja bounty hunter Val, the gangrel news reporter Evangeline, and the Tremere blood witch Doris, can Everett keep the town running? Or will everyone end up liquidated by the Vampire Council of Canada? Trending on global fiction charts and produced by Dum Dums and Dice, whose podcast Dum Dums and Dragons ranked number two of all fiction podcasts in America. Listen now to find out why Canada by Night has been downloaded more than a half a million times. Canada by Night, its interview with the vampire, if it had all the characters from Parks and Rec in it. <laughs>